Hello there. Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I'm your host Leo, and today we'll be talking about Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. But first, before we get into that, I would like to kind of explain the conceit of this podcast and how it's going to work. I'm still, one, figuring that out, and it is subject to change and evolution as time goes on. I've been planning this for almost a year now, and I would, I would like to finally actually do it instead of constantly sitting there thinking about different ways it could maybe kind of work, maybe, and then change my mind and then do it again. So instead, I'm just going to kind of dive in and we'll make changes along the way. I will also be doing just a variety of things. I still haven't even figured out how I'm going to tackle TV shows yet because they're going to be a bit of a pain to talk about. <laughs> I can either do it by uh, batches of episodes or I could do it by like seasons, but some series are super episodic, so you have to you have to like focus in on a specific episode. So it, it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to figure out exactly how to do that. <laughs> some series they could just be podcasts on their own and I I don't want to focus on just one thing. I don't I don't like to do that. In order to do that, the hopping about, uh, I'm going to be focusing for now on books, movies, and maybe I'll try to figure out how to I'm going to do a TV series relatively soon. We'll, we'll see. There's some TV series that I have an idea of how I'm going to do them, but it's going to be it's going to be a little bit difficult. So one of the things that I'm wanting to do and part of the reason why I wanted to start the podcast now is I want to do a challenge. It's not going to be for a little while. I'm looking at this challenge starting in April. And it's something that I, I just like to do sometimes. And I, I figure it's going to be kind of interesting. But it's not something I can do at the very beginning of the podcast. So I have to kind of build up to it. And by then I'll have built well up to it. <laughs> but more details on that will come closer to when it's actually going to happen. I'm very excited and it's going to take a long time <laughs> to to actually accomplish. But that's what I like to do. I like to set myself silly challenges here and there. Uh, I'm starting off kind of big and hopefully for future challenges it, it'll most likely be a bit smaller because I can't kind of continuously top myself because that, that'll just become impossible. <laughs> but anywho, with all that aside, uh, let us go ahead and start delving into our topic for today, which is Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. This is a Star Wars Legends book, uh, formerly part of the Star Wars um, Expanded Universe. Now, something I learned that kind of was very interesting is that this was one of the last Star Wars Legends books to be published. It's not the last one. But it's pretty damn close. It hap It came out like a year after uh, Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney. So I was very surprised to learn that. It is a book set between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. It is set directly after Revenge of the Sith with the opening like prologue being Kenobi's arrival on Tatooine. This book is set all on Tatooine, so it's kind of a, a one-location book, which is fine, especially since in EU, Kenobi didn't really leave Tatooine. He was kind of stuck there. He kind of... He, he refused to leave Luke, which is a, a fair interpretation of his exile, but this book is also not from the perspective of Kenobi. 
he is kind of a side character in his own book, which isn't necessarily the worst thing. It brings a different kind of depth, but the thing I don't like about it is the fact that you have to kind of get to know and figure out whole new characters before you get to understand how they feel about this guy coming in. So it's it's fine, but I mean the book's called Kenobi and he's kind of not in it a whole lot. <laughs> For most part, he's just like a weird guy that comes into town once in a blue moon, gets entangled into a scenario and then fucks off at the end. <laughs> so kind of westerny, which is nice. Don't get me wrong, I do like a good westerny kind of story, and Tatooine is very good for that stuff. But they also do some things that just don't quite work. When we're jumping around from different perspectives a lot, so it it pulls away from a lot of the story in a way and also it being part of the old eu it throws in threads of things that you won't know anything about unless you've read all of the expanded universe and it it just brings up a lot of questions while you're reading it for example the the book is split between about three-ish perspectives um, one person is a, the owner of, like, the town's general store slash bar slash, you know, barn feed store. <laughs> one is from this farmer tycoon guy, and then one is from the perspective of a matriarch Tuscan raider. One is from the perspective of a Tuscan raider. The stories overall aren't bad. They interweave together pretty well. It is a bit of a task to to learn these characters that aren't, you know, the the kind of topic of the story. But overall, it's not the worst thing. Um, some of them are, well... Only one character is actually kind of likable. <laughs> the um, the store owner, she is fairly likable. It also the prologue is from the perspective of just some kind of old miner guy sitting at a bar getting drunk, and that, that's fine. He doesn't really come up too much in the story. In fact, by the time he came back into the story, I had completely forgot that he was the guy at the beginning of the book. <laughs> So, it's, it's fine. Uh, as for how Kenobi fits into the story, it's pretty, it's done pretty well. Basically, he has very little involvement to do with the actual plot of the story, except for like tiny bits here and there. So, the, the basic plot is this. There have been a series of attacks on homesteads. And the kind of farmer tycoon guy 
I'm keeping names uh, out of it because Star Wars names are silly. In fact, that's going to be a bit of a thing with a lot of these. Is na- names are weird in a lot of them and very hard to pronounce. And the way I pronounce it is going to be different from the way you pronounce it because books. <laughs> so unless it's like explicitly stated how to pronounce the names. Yeah, I'm just going to not. <laughs> I just took a glance at the names and the names are like not terrible. But they're just different enough to where you know you're gonna mispronounce it for someone's pronunciation. So I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna not <laughs> to be safe. So the entrepreneur farmer guy is selling something called the call. It's basically this kind of system of alarms that it's a, it's a security system that sends an alert to the uh, surrounding homesteaders, farmers, to come assist because they're being attacked or they have some other emergency that they need to use the call. It's overall not too bad. Um, The story with the shop owner, she... Her her story's not terribly great. She's the most likable of the characters, but her kind of story revolves around her just falling in love with Ben and trying to control her kids which I mean it's a a work-life balance situation but it's not great she gets embroiled in the situation and needs the assistance of Ben to help them out in the end he helps them get off world and sends her to college which is funny and weird (laughs) um then the tuscan raider story follows a a, a notorious Tuscan writer that's called um, like Red Eye or something like that. But basically, they have a they took a gem and just shoved it where their eye was, like one of the, those little tubes that you see on the Tuscan writer. They just shoved a, a gem in there. Um, the story I'm gonna say is a little bit. It, it kind of paints the Tuscan Raiders in a bit of a bad light. Where it's very, you know, pretty much a poor representation of a native peoples, essentially. Um, where if you were to look at, say, Book of Boba Fett, it's a it's much better look at, say, Tuscan Raiders. Because it actually looks at more of a culture... Instead of these people that do nothing but kill and raid and whatnot. It, it's it's just not a bit of a great story on that side. But the idea is that you're following these different perspectives. And the one that kind of helps bring them together is Ben. Or Obi-Wan, but he, he's of course hiding his identity at this time. So Ben. He comes in. 
and helps save the shop owner's daughter who falls in love with Ben. And it's a very awkward situation for the entire book, her weird fascination with him. It's not great. Then there is the shop owner herself. She also starts to eventually develop feelings for Ben because he kind of becomes her hero, always coming in and helping her out. Like when the raiders attack the settlement in which everyone's kind of shocked because they hadn't done that before, Ben, of course, helps save the day. Then as the plot kind of continues, and spoilers from kind of here on out, uh, it is revealed that the entrepreneurial farmer has been taking it upon himself to fabricate Tuscan attacks for the purpose of, well, drumming up business. <laughs> because the Tuscans had stopped attacking for a while, and so draws for the call had dropped. So he decided to um, create the business. <laughs> then he also set up things to help rile the actual Tuscan raiders to actually do real attacks. In the end, he does try to pin it on the shop owner and Ben, but that's kind of cleared up fairly fast, but still, because of the situation, Ben has to get the family off-world or because like their lives have been just kind of ruined. So he sends her to college on Alderaan, which which hopefully she kind of graduated from fairly fast, because we all know how that turns out. <laughs> uh, but that, that's kind of the basic plot. He kind of... He helps out some things. He, he has to obscure his method of protection. So, like, he subtly uses the Force here and there, which is kind of interesting, and he finds ways to kind of obfuscate the situation so that it's not very easy to tell that he's using a lightsaber but boy does he whip that thing out often in this book like compared to say Kenobi where he uses it like like in the beginning he doesn't use it at all and then he like slowly ramps up to being willing to actually use it um in this he's just like yeah I'll use it whenever I want I just need to make sure no one sees me use it, even though it's a glowing stick, and they can very obviously see that it's not, like, it's not a blaster. <laughs> so, it, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting, the, the, like, the different methods that he does, but it's very obvious that he's using a lightsaber. But the kind of idea is that they're so far out that they don't fully understand, like, what a Jedi is. Like, they're not that connected to the rest of the galaxy, so they don't know, even though it's something that's been going on for thousands of years. <laughs> You'd think that they would see it and be like, oh yeah. But of course, supposedly most people forgot what a Jedi was in 19 years, so... Oh well. 
that's just the problem with the canon still. But anyway, it's a fairly decent read. It's kind of thick, the book. It's, yeah, it's, it's 400 plus pages. It's a kind of thick book. It's 400 plus pages, so it'll take you a bit of time to read. If you want an outsider's perspective on, like, a Jedi just kind of wandering in the town, it's a good idea on that. But if you want more of a delve into, say, the mind of Kenobi, yeah, you're not getting that, sadly. It, it does not give you much of his internal dialogue or anything, save for these very small slivers in between some of the chapters. These slivers are his attempt to communicate with Qui-Gon Jinn um, every so often through meditation. Um, in some of the things he's talking aloud, and in some of them after he realizes that he shouldn't be talking aloud because people might be watching, uh, he starts doing it internally. So it's kind of an internal dialogue of him trying to connect to Qui-Gon Jinn. And in this book, he just doesn't at all. He he, he never connects to Qui-Gon Jinn, and it's kind of unsatisfying in that in that sense. So, I, reading it, I was a little bit disappointed in that. I was also kind of disappointed that we just don't spend much time with him. He hops into some of these scenarios, helps out, fucks off, and then once he's kind of revealed, and like he's been outed, because he has to fight a crate dragon, because that just pops out of nowhere. He he fucks off. <laughs> like he ends up hiding in the desert. Like you know you see in the movie, it's just yeah. Would I recommend it? Absolutely. It's it's a it's a good book. It's just it drags in some places, and if you're going into it expecting it to be following Obi Wan Kenobi, you're not getting that book. You're getting small town farm drama. And that's just what you're going to have to live with um, for that. Now, as it is, you know, a book on Obi-Wan Kenobi, I should probably say how does it compare to the uh, the Disney Plus series that recently came out, um, just called Obi-Wan Kenobi. I would say it is worse. <laughs> At least in my opinion. It makes it seem like Kenobi was unaffected. Yes, he has some reservations here and there about his situation. But the Kenobi we see in the TV series is very much, like, traumatized. You, you know that the previous events have a, rocked him to his core... And affected him extremely deeply. Where in this, like he's just he's bantering. He's he's like Psh, my best friend slash brother slash son figure betrayed me. Pishaw, it's fine. I'm cool with that. You know, just another fucking Tuesday. Chopped his arms and legs off and left him to die in a volcano. Where this. The TV show, you know, he's obviously shook by it. So I, I kind of prefer that. 
it also the TV series series the TV series actually focuses on Kenobi and what he's doing whereas in the book he's just kind of setting up house like he he buys the house that you see him at in in the movie and he's just he's just trying to fix it up most of the time his Ayopi has babies it's it's silly and it's all from like a second person perspective that you see anything that he's doing so from that perspective it, it's kind of meh as a Star Wars book is it the worst one I've read no no it's not the connections that it has to the EU material can be a little bit grating, but they're just light enough that you wouldn't notice it too much. But if you look into it even a little bit, you're just fucking chucked into a rabbit hole. It sucks. <laughs> because the Tusken Raider that we follow turns out to be a woman, a matriarch, and... Well, kind of a matriarch. It tries to go into the political structure of Tusken Raiders and it just fucking fails. It's just bad. <laughs> but, but basically, she married a Jedi, or her sister married a Jedi. It gets a little bit confusing. Who is an EU character? And they have a son who's an EU character who ends up doing a bunch of random shit and becoming like the new emperor or Darth Vader or whatever down, whatever down the line. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but like I don't know, just like the, the very tenuous like connections that it does that on the surface are kind of not too bad. You can read the book on your own on its own and be relatively fine, but if you get curious about a name because like Kenobi's like oh yeah like I, I remember that guy who just decided to up and live with the Tuscans yeah and then you're like okay was this guy a guy and you google him and then it's like yeah he he did this this and this and then he like he's he's dead by this point maybe <laughs> or he just fucked off and then had a son down the line who goes off and does this, this, and this? Who has the same name? <laughs> it's, it's a mess. the The previous EU is a mess. People love it. I like some of the stuff in it, but we like. It's just one of the things that when you have a bunch of people just kind of randomly interpreting some off, off the cuff lines here and there, it's going to be like a game of telephone sometimes. And heck, even in the new canon where they have like a story group, they make mistakes where they accidentally forget what gender a character was supposed to be. And now we have to figure out which one's canon. <laughs> which one's the one that they actually intended? Hmm, let's figure this out. But usually it's just like a passing comment that's like, oops, we didn't quite have good enough communication between these two things. Where in old the old canon, it, it's a whole different jumbled mess. <laughs> Where the Clone Wars were just a completely different thing. Where where characters' backstories and where they ended up going from there just completely different. 
even between books, they change. The communication was not great in the original uh, expanded content. And then they got weird. And they're, they're getting weird again because people like to bring shit back for nostalgia. And they're starting to bring weird shit back. Which is kind of cool, but at the same time it's like, just try not to overdo it. <laughs> Please. It, it, it's weird enough here and there. Just, just try to be calm about it. What would my overall kind of recommendation be? Well, as I said, I do recommend reading it if you kind of go into it understanding that it's not a book focusing wholly on Kenobi. It's not, you know, an extremely deep book. It's not as standalone as you might like. <laughs> it has connections to previous EU stuff. It it uh, focuses on small-time drama and whatnot. So, as long as you go in understanding those kind of things, yeah, I absolutely recommend it. It's not the hardest read. You know, it took me maybe a month to read, but that's kind of my average for books in general. I did have to kind of push at times because I knew that there was, like, it's just my reading style where I, I constantly, like, stop and pause and, like, roll back here and there. So, I, I have trouble reading sometimes. Which is why, you know, hey, why not do a podcast where I read things? <laughs> yeah. I, th I think that that'll do for a first episode. Relatively short this time. A lot of it was introduction. <laughs> but just to kind of go into a bit more of how this is going to work, I will be uploading on Mondays. New episodes will be on Mondays. I will be covering a variety of topics, be it books, movies, video games, TV shows. We'll see. We'll see if there's things I want to talk about. Um, it'll be limited uh, releases. Because right now, the way Acast works, you're kind of limited. I should be able to get it on most things, but there's some things that Acast on the free version... Uh, cuts you out of so like I probably won't be on Apple sadly but that's whatever for now but hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed it I know that it's going to be a bit rambly that's sadly just just how it's going to be I'm going to have to leave in a lot of stuff or else this is going to be like a fucking two minute video and that's not what we want <laughs> it's not even a video it's a podcast ah I'm a bit manic right now <laughs> But yeah, so that, that's the first episode of Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. The reason it's called Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy, by the way, is I I want to cover you know sci-fi and fantasy books and, of course, the things that meet in between because a lot of people consider things like Star Wars sci-fi fantasy, you know, or sci-fantasy or science fantasy. You know, where it's not super grounded like a lot of sci-fi is. So, like, say if I were to review or talk about The Martian. Or, um... What's the other one that he released? The Moon one? <laughs> I can't remember. 
But yeah, so I want to be able to cover a variety of topics. Uh, one of the reasons I started this was because I wanted to talk about just some like weird ass shit I have seen in just things. I think it was an episode of Star Trek, an episode of Lost in Space, and an episode of something called Land of the Giants, which I, I didn't know existed. All that I saw while I was working a job that would play these really old-ass sci-fi shows in the break room. It, it was hilarious. But I just saw some weird things and would talk about it in a rambly kind of summary way. And, you know, the people around me kind of liked it. They were like, yeah, you should do, like, videos or podcasts or something. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And around February, I had pitched it to do it with um, Nathan, who I do sort of a podcast with um, called RPG Hangout. I had pitched him this idea first. He wasn't quite as interested, so I pitched him the RPG Hangout idea. And he liked that, but then life got in the way and we kind of had to put it on permanent hiatus, at least indefinite hiatus, um, for now to, you know, do things, live our lives, work on other stuff. So then I started developing this in earnest and then I stopped and then I started developing it in earnest again, uh, in September, but didn't get some stuff back in time, and still don't have some stuff, but I've decided, you know what, it's now or never, let's, let's, you know, do a podcast, and yeah, so some of the things that I'll be covering in near episodes is the 1980s movie Crawl, the book the game Stray and the book Around the World in 80 Days because I'm currently reading that and I need an excuse to finish it does it count as sci-fi or fantasy kind of it's, it's fantastical at least sort of sci-fi not really it's done it's by Jules Verne Jules Verne's a sci-fi guy <laughs> kind of but yeah so hopefully you look forward to those and me developing and getting better at this <laughs> hopefully I'll also get longer episodes Sad sadly there wasn't a whole lot for me to talk about in Kenobi there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on but, like, nothing that's, like, super, like, whoa. The only thing that's kind of whoa is the crate Dragon. and uh, It's not that great. <laughs> anyway. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you all next week. Thank you. Goodbye.